when somebody is told they have cancer that's in the bone, what's often told to them is that that's that's a point of no return. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I brought it with me because I wanted to, you know, basically just read it so people could, you know, hear it. Because I think it, it says everything we, you know, need to know. And it's it's just great because it's almost like they, they knew because they put it right up at the top. Normally they put it at the bottom, mm -hmm. the impression. Normal PET scan. No evidence of any avid metastasis. Okay. That's a good so, idea. Oh, man. It was, when I saw that. Uh -huh. Now, I saw that and then I examined you and that gone like you said just completely gone welcome to the practicing with dr nathan goodyear podcast this podcast is your resource for a scientific-based discussion of all things cancer and beyond from a natural holistic and integrative perspective it's time to teach the body how to heal so here we go Dr. Goodyear here again with another Practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear. And, you know, as much as we like the deep dives on the science, because that's just me getting my geek on. I'm just a nerd like that. You know, I've mentioned that several times, but I love sharing stories because what we're doing in life is we're simply writing a book. And today we have the true honor of allowing somebody to come into the studio to share their story with us their their journey their book if you will of this thing called cancer but they're now writing a new book and that's what's really exciting because you know where we are what we do here in scottsdale arizona is 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 we work to provide hope we work to to heal and we work to teach people how to heal. Those three principles are foundational to what we do. There's no reason why people with cancer can't be given hope. Real hope now, not false hope, but be given hope. If you check out the other podcast that we recorded here not too long ago with Dan Meyer, he said not hope, but dream. And really dreams are the action of hope. Because without hope, there's no reason to dream. But the way most people are when they're diagnosed with cancer, when that word comes upon them, fear envelops them. Fear, fear comes upon them. Fear controls them. And then they lose hope. Fear dominates hope. And then they lose dreams. And they lose that capacity to really be what it means to be human, to live and to look to the future. And so today we're going to highlight a fantastic story and we're going to show how hope is real, healing is possible, and teaching is something that needs to be a continuing part, part of this process of cancer therapy. Of course, we approach things through a natural, holistic, and integrative approach. And what's really interesting about that is that most would look at natural, holistic, and integrative and say, well, there's no there's no evidence there. There's no science there. There's no there there. Well, there's plenty of science there. There's plenty of there there. And in fact, we're going to present a actual person there today to, to discuss this process of how natural, holistic, and integrative therapies in the treatment of, get this, stage four cancer, advanced cancer, is very real. So this is not just words. 
This is reality. And so I hope all of those of you out there who are listening to this podcast are going to hear the words of Susan Hooks and listen to her story and hear how hope and dreams are not only still possible, but they're very real if you're diagnosed with advanced cancer. I often tell people it doesn't matter if it's stage four or stage 54. There's still hope. There's still the possibility to heal. Because if after, after all, the body wants to heal no matter how old we may be or how dysfunctional things may be. So there is evidence. There is hope. There is healing that's possible, and we're going to get right after it. So I already told Susan before, she looks absolutely lovely. So if you're not watching the video of this, she does. She is a classic Southern Belle. <laughs> And so, Susan, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I was joking to her before the show that I always tell my wife she's my Southern Belle. And those of us from the Deep South, you recognize that is the ultimate of compliments. So, Susan, it is an honor to have you here. I am glad to be a Southern Belle here. (laughs) That's right. right. Well, what I want to do is I want this to be just kind of you telling your story. Okay. Because, you know, and I wanted to. I wanted to take us back just a little bit. You know, when we first met, you know, here it is. It's uh, March 1st, 2023. And it's a lot cooler than it was when we first met in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you first, you presented to us with, uh, you know, diagnosis of right breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a type of or a variety diagnosed as ERPR positive HER2 negative. And you'd had a biopsy and, and, uh, You'd had, uh, you know, imaging, which had showed a mass that at least at that time that was measuring roughly four by four centimeters or so. By nine, four by four by nine. Yeah. Um, But then when we when we did the exam, you know, when you came in, we did the exam and it was you know because of the swelling associated with that area, Mm -hmm. you know, it measured nine by 10 just based on my exam Mm -hmm. because of the exam and all the swelling there very easily identifiable mm-hmm. you know there was no dis, you know oh i think i feel it it was there but also the pet ct showed some areas in the bone mm-hmm. and i think i think it's important there is that to understand is that when cancer is said to have been in to be in the bone mm-hmm. the way can conventional medicine will approach that is they'll say there's not much we can do there that we can manage that we can control that but it's it's kind of a point of no return Mm -hmm. and your story your journey actually highlights that not only is it a point of return it's something that can be overcome Mm -hmm. so what i'd like you to do is just share with the people that are listening you know your story and your words Mm -hmm. because i think you telling this journey this process is going to really somebody's going to be listening somewhere Mm-hmm. that's going to be sitting right there that has maybe just heard these words. And they're going to like, what What do I do? Mm-hmm. When we were on a family vacation the last week of April of 2022, and we were getting dressed for dinner, and my husband and I were at the same mirror looking, and at the same moment we saw an, an addition on my breast and we both said what is that 
and I've said, oh my goodness, this is not what needs to be here. This is not good. But I said, Larry, we're here for a week. I can't do anything about it. We're going to spend the time with our family and this stays between us. And we didn't discuss it that week. I went ahead and called my doctor. I made an appointment. I had an MRI scheduled uh, first, which was a battle because I didn't want, it was so large, I did not want to do the the pressure exams. And they finally agreed to give me an MRI, the imaging company. And uh, it came back with the mass. And then I had the biopsy. And on Friday, the 13th of May, my doctor called me to say, Susan, this doesn't look good. I'm sending you to an oncologist. And so when I went to see her, the clinic, they, she examined me, she did the biopsy. And then when I went back to see her, she said, one breast or two. And I said, what are the choices? That's what she said to you? Yes. And she said, those are your choices. She even called me later to say one breast or two. I need to get you on the books. And I just said, I'm not, I'm not ready to make a decision. Before I went to her, though, I had already, the minute we found it, Larry and I have a strong faith, my husband and I. So we started praying and asking God for a different path other than conventional. Because I have friends, family who have been through conventional treatments with breast cancer and other types of cancer and i've seen how barbaric it can be on their bodies and on their minds their psyche their whole um, desire to live even i mean going through just some deep deep dark moments and i didn't want that and i felt like I mean, I hate to say it, but I thought death would be easier. And I know there's a better path. So we started looking online and Rio finally just popped up one day. So you didn't you didn't really know much about holistic or integrative cancer treatments at, at that point. Not really. Okay. No. Maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit nothing. where I had when when I another a friend who had had cancer, I tried to steer them in this I'd mentioned this pathway, but they had already chosen and someone looked at me and said, everybody's cancer path is their cancer path. And I knew that was mine. I just needed to be quiet. But I, I thought to myself, oh, I wish somebody would. Yeah, I just wish they'd look at a different place. But uh, but because I've seen others go through the traditional methods, it made me determined to beat it. So I had called Brio before I actually went back for the results of the biopsy. And that's the day she said, one breast or two. And they brought in four different people to see me, including a psychologist who I felt like was trying to break me in a way. And finally she looked at me and said, you just don't seem to be upset about this. I just looked at her and said, I'm gonna beat this. I'm, I'm not. You know, that's interesting you said that. Because we've just had a new patient come in uh-huh. that basically said the same thing that the doctor repeated to them twice. Did you hear what I said? Right. You have cancer. Uh-huh. And the patient said, I know, I heard you. Did you hear me? Right. So I, I think that's fascinating uh-huh. that your response didn't elicit the response they expected and they didn't know what to do with it. They, do, they really didn't. Oh, that's how I feel. Uh, and 
so when she said one breast or two, I just said, I'm, I'll get back with you. And so she called me several weeks later and I took the call and I just said, I'm not ready to take that. I'm not ready to make a decision yet because she said it was slow growing. We have time to wait till the end of the summer because I'd like to try some medications. Well, by then I talked with Dr. Levant and Dr. Levant said, I can't advise you. And here's a study you can look at about that medication, a scientific study, which I did. And my gut just said, do not take that medication. And when I got here, Dr. Kim said, I am so glad you didn't take that medication because it would have ravaged your body. And they told me it would be very difficult on my body, even to take the medication, to try to slow the growth, so to speak. So once I, I had spoken to Dr. Levant, having gone there, I knew in the back of my mind that this was my, this would be my path. Once I sent you guys all of my, the results of all the tests, the results of everything, all the reports I had, I faxed them to James. And then Larry and I set up a long conference call with Dr. Levant. And she was so encouraging. And um, Larry had even prior to that said to me, I'm not sure about this pathway you're looking at. And I said, Okay, let's sit down tonight. We're going to look at the videos on Brio. We pulled it up on YouTube on the big screen TV. And we watched for about three or four hours of you talking, different people talking. And at the end of that time, he looked at me and said, I get it. I'm in. Let's, let's, this is what, I'm, you know, I agree with your path. And that to me was all I needed mm -hmm. because I hadn't spoken to anyone else about it at that point in time, but you guys mm -hmm. and my husband about it. And because camp was beginning, because we own a summer camp, uh, I did not want me to be the focus. So I only told three people in my office and my assistant director and my two children. And that's it. That's, and my husband. And I ran camp as if I were strong as I ever had been. And I did it, of course with these people knowing what I was going through, they really gave me time to rest a little more than normally I would have because I was trying to prepare my body for um, treatment here. You are very strong. You know, you, you strike me as a very strong Southern lady. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Did you ever, in that early stage, did you ever feel like hope was something you no longer had? Did it, did you ever feel like dreams were something that were no longer possible for you? When they first talked to me about it, or when I first talked to my doctor um, prior to the oncologist, he said, I seem to be ups more upset about this than you are because we're best friends. We're very good friends. And, and I said, well, Dr. Stan, I said, I, I'm in the middle of office. I have people here. I can't cry right now. Mm -hmm. And you should have seen me last night. I said I was a wreck because I'd already known that the test had been set off and I, he was expecting it to be cancer. And sure enough, it was that diagnosis. So I was, ter the word I used is terrified and I did feel hopeless. And, and I had a, this 
I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but a friend of mine whose wife had died of can of breast cancer, he told me that when she was sick, she took the traditional path. It was many years ago before they had before this kind of advanced scientific integrated therapy existed, I feel like. But he said she would just go buy things, purchase things online and 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 was always shopping. And so I called him after I found out my diagnosis. And I did speak to him and his wife because they're prayer partners of ours. So I called him and I said, listen, I understand now why your wife was purchasing clothes because you want to be alive to wear them. Hmm. And I have, all I've done is shop, you know, and I'm trying to lose weight meanwhile. So I'm not trying to buy too many clothes, but as I lost weight, I really, shot thinking I want to be alive to wear this and I and my husband was generous enough to just say whatever I mean he was so kind to to um to allow me to go through these processes of healing that were somewhat mental because that's that's a bit mental there (laughs) well you know that's that's a that's a really good point because Mm -hmm. I think that ties into how your friend, the oncologist, said that they seem to be a little bit more upset than you uh-huh. because, you know, probably the vast majority of the cases, fear overtakes people immediately. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then the hopes and the dreams and really the ability to think beyond that word uh-huh. is lost. But it sounds like really for you, yes, there were bumps in that, uh-huh. but you were going to choose hope right you recognize fear but you weren't going to let fear dominate you absolutely and i think that's what because i've heard that many times where people that choose to not let the fear dominate them first of all not only do they do better those are the ones that typically heal completely Uh and do so for many many decades Uh but your actions your choice obviously garnered in who you are as a person and bound in your faith really played a significant role in setting you on the right path Mm -hmm. from day one. Yes. And when I called Rio and I, the person who answered was not your office manager, but it was one of the owners, one of the, I think James Robinson, maybe Okay. uh, answered the phone. And, uh, I sort of spilled my guts to him and he said, Susan, it uh, you do not have to choose that path. I know that's what they're telling you, and there is a better way, and there's a way that will heal you other than that path. So you have a choice. And I said, well, I have made my choice. If, if I am a candidate to come to your clinic, you are my choice. I am, um, that's, I do not want to go traditional pathway. So his affirmations were amazing and comforting. And then speaking to Dr. LeBant, she was amazing. And then getting here and meeting with you and Dr. Kim and, uh, you know, all the medical staff are just incredible, supportive. They, they help you manage maybe not my emotions, but they're so upbeat when they treat me and treat everyone that I've noticed. They're so caring and kind. And 
And I know they have loss of their own they deal with, but at, at your clinic, they are just incredibly supportive and guiding us to know we're making the right choices. You know, it's it's really interesting that you, you mentioned that because the, the physical is what everybody thinks of, but the psychological, the emotional, and the spiritual aspect of cancer uh -huh. is one that gets missed on, on, on everybody. Um, because I believe that that's where that's that's where healing is born out of. Mm -hmm. Physical is the last part, but it's the part we focus on. But mm -hmm. if if there is physical, spiritual healing, psychological healing, spiritual and mm -hmm. emotional healing all together, because most people with cancer, there's some component within at least one of those major. Mm -hmm it's going to allow that person to really achieve the fullest physical healing potential, but you have to work on all of those. Mm -hmm. That's why I tell them, you know, integrative medicine, it's not just focusing on the integration, integration of treatments. It's the integration of all of that. And the biggest thing too, is to allow you to maintain your humanity. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the greatest, one of the reasons why I was late getting over here was because, you know, one of our patients, Leanne, who has a, has a, a clean scan also and, and i was just reviewed with um uh one of our patients um uh catherine and you know things are looking really good for her but we got to get a scan mm -hmm. so the point is we were all giving hugs and taking pictures and stuff and i was sitting there and we were laughing and everything and i said you know what this is why we do what we do mm -hmm. because just like you you're you're a mother, you're a wife, mm -hmm. you're a woman, you're not a patient with a name mm -hmm. of a disease. Mm -hmm. And seeing these people smile, laugh, and you can see mm -hmm. the hope, you can That's see okay. the dreams that are there. Uh -huh. And it's, it's incredible. And I know for me as a physician, it makes it all worth it because we were just a small part mm -hmm. in serving you know, you and them while, while they mm -hmm. were with us mm -hmm. and it makes it all worth it. It's just, it's truly, you know, it's, it's just a glimpse into, I think what heaven will be like. Mm -hmm. and it was just amazing to see that power. Well, I, I, my immediate response to finding this lump was prayer, mm -hmm. literally. I mean, I knew that I did not want to do what, I, what I've already said several times. I did not want to go the traditional route, and I knew there had to be another way. So as we prayed for guidance, and then we found there are other clinics in oh, sure. the United States, but Rio is just the one that I gravitated toward because you are, I feel like you embrace faith and you encourage our faith while we're here. And so that's the reason I wanted, and because you have so many options, and because you are all so intelligent. I mean, once I Googled your name, and then I find you guys everywhere. I find you, you're on different different podcasts and different things like that, and, and I'll send a link to my friends, and they'll go, wow, that's your doctor? And I'm going, yes, aren't they amazing? You know, so my path to to wellness included Yes, those first moments of hopelessness, and and I still am asking God to give me back my my um, my total energy because 
having gone through I, just the hysterectomy and mm. that sort of took another level of energy out of me. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a little bit of a, a side turn right. that nobody was expecting when you were back home. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. But uh, but even you were involved in that process. I could call you, talk to you, set up a, a, a you know, a, a chat with you or Dr. Kim. All of you stayed involved in my healing. When, you know, during the treatment when you're with us, you know, because a lot of people, when they get that word cancer, it becomes a part of them. There's there's an image that comes to their mind mm -hmm. and it's an image of people sitting in chairs, you know, people, you know, receiving treatment. And yes, they're sitting there. They're alive, but mm -hmm. not really. Mm -hmm. OK, this this kind of chemo ward perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, that's where a lot of the fear comes of what they think might be coming ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Can you can you describe a little bit how that doesn't have to be the case? Now, mm -hmm. you can have up and down days for sure. Yes. Because what I tell people all the time, you know, this natural doesn't mean easy. Right. Integrative doesn't mean easy, mm -hmm. but it's a stark contrast mm -hmm. to that picture. Mm -hmm. And so actually treatment from an integrative natural holistic perspective for cancer can actually be one that does allow you to mm -hmm. heal and live absolutely and when when i realized that before i came here uh i realized that just based on my conversations but honestly when i got here the very first day i was terrified mm -hmm. because i didn't know what this treatment involved. I mean, I knew it was, I'd read as much as I could and I'd heard you speak about it and Dr. LeVan speak about it, but I didn't know what it actually meant for my body. So, and a patient walked up to me and said, is this your first day? And I said, yes. And she said, I have this type of cancer. I have been through the treatment. I'm at the peptide stage. My cancer is melting has melted and you are in the right place. Are you talking about Cindy? I'm talking about Suzanne. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and Larry and I just both went, just the sigh of relief, you know, uh, of hearing someone tell their story to us immediately. And for a few weeks, I didn't talk to a lot of people because I, I just didn't know how close people became friend how easy it was to become friends here until a week or two in and then i realized okay we're all we're all here fighting for our lives we may be at different stages and at different places and i chose not to do any traditional thank god that's how i mean i have seen the people who come in who have chosen the traditional routes and how and i've watched them walk out looking healthy feeling healthy um and overcoming what they even came in with but because i didn't choose that path initially i have felt really empowered to know and to really fight for my life and uh i will tell you those when we came in august we ended up leaving in november the first week of november i remember telling my husband this is my job and I want to be here every morning at nine o'clock and I will be the last patient there if I can be because I want everything they can give me. And and um, 
And you would have done that without me saying that because that's how you treat your patients, in my opinion. But I really treated it like a job. I mean, I would go in and you would have all these things mapped out for me to do every day. And I would navigate and figure out, okay, how can I get this one the fastest? How, how can I do? I would navigate the quickest way to get it all done. And then I would ask, can I go lay on the bed again? Can I go do this again? Can, and and if it wasn't taken, you would, you guys would give me permission to, you know, do it, do it a second time during the day. And so I treated it like a job. Yeah. And you, you, you embraced your healing. That's, that's no doubt. Mm -hmm. But you know, one thing that struck me, and I think this will provide a good visualization for people. You always looked as dressed up as you are now. You would come in and it didn't matter if you were getting IPT that day. Mm -hmm. Now, hyperthermia, maybe when you came in, <laughs> you weren't quite so dolled up because you were going to go in for, for, for hyperthermia. Right. But, you know, almost every day you were you you had yourself professionally, as you described, mm -hmm. you know, dressed to the to the tilt. Well, the, the way I've described it to other women in the clinic who've talked to me about that, I will say I do not mean this arrogantly. I mean this as survival. During this time of our lives, vanity is sanity. Mm. It is okay to take care of yourself, to make sure you feel groomed, that you feel good, which I, that was just the way most of us really do life. You know, don't let it go is, is how, and I decided that was going to be my mode of operation here. But you well. were able to, you had the energy to do that. Yes. And that's the whole you know, that's the whole point, because as people go through that kind of really straight up conventional route, they'd love to do that, I'm sure. Uh -huh. But they just don't have the energy, energy. or capacity to. And you you were able to do that. And, you know, so you, you went back, you went back home for the holidays. And I remember as we were doing exam, we would do exam periodically. We noticed that, wow, this this tumor is it's really shrinking. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember then when you were at home and we were talking the few times that mm -hmm. we did, and especially about that little hiccup that you had. And I said, so how, how is that area in the breast doing? You said, I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, really? And, and you talked again and you pretty much said the same thing. Mm -hmm. So then, so then when, um, you know, I'll go ahead and throw this out there because, uh, you know, you, your husband's a big Clemson fan. Uh, and we yes. had some great conversations <laughs> in my office. Yes, you did. And so I'm a Tennessee <laughs> fan. And so we had some good back and forth. And so that, that bowl game, I was thinking about you and your husband uh -huh. all during that game. Yes. Uh, so the Orange Bowl. But anyways, people are going, what? What, what is he talking about? But uh, so then, um, you know, so then we, um, you know, ordered the, the repeat scan. Uh -huh. And again, it, you know, when somebody is told they have cancer that's in the bone, what's often told to them is that that's, that's a point of no return. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I brought it with me because I wanted to, you know, basically just read it so people could, you know, hear it. Because I think it, it says everything we, you know, need to know. And it's, it's just great because it's almost like they, they knew because they put it right up at the top. Normally, they put it at the bottom, mm -hmm. the impression. Normal PET scan. No evidence of any avid 
metastasis. Okay. That's a good so, idea. Oh man, it was yeah. when I saw that. Uh -huh. Now I saw that and then I examined you and that you're gone. Like you said, just completely gone. So and, and what's great about this is because as I mentioned to you, you know, radiologists don't typically overread. Mm -hmm. They underread. Mm -hmm. And so to to be so definitive, so fact, mm -hmm. this is it, mm -hmm. you know. And then the exam corroborates mm -hmm. and they even go through and talks about hey in those areas where the bone was there before yeah it's gone mm -hmm. it's gone you know so and can you describe what that you kind of knew already mm -hmm. but can you describe what that felt like well when i left here the the last pet scan i had showed no evidence of disease and then I left, and that was the time I'm thinking, okay, I'm leaving. See, that time, I could still, I could still yes, feel could some feel, areas. Yes, you could, and uh, and so again, I I prayed a lot. God, just I really want this thing to disappear, please. If if I'm being healed, let it erase the evidence. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that He allowed, He led me here, and I feel like He allowed whatever you guys did for me to work uh, and uh, as it just disappeared it just it was just gone mm -hmm. and but I thought well maybe Dr. Goodyear will feel something different but then when you examined me and yeah. and Bobby was standing there and you after we talked and you said it's not there and you walked out of the room Bobby just hugs me and we sort of did a victory jump and we're so excited about the fact that you indeed said, felt like it wasn't there and I, as I had felt the same. Uh, and then the PET scan that I had done mm -hmm. it had said the same thing, yeah. you know, that it was gone. So Your labs have looked great. Mm -hmm. so everything, everything has basically been consistent with each other and corroborated mm -hmm. each other. But I do want to say this. I didn't talk to a lot of people about what I was going through because I wanted to reserve my energy for healing mm. and I didn't want to have to ex since this was an unknown path for me and I had watched other people suffer so badly I didn't want to be criticized for this path either I'm just going to be honest and yet I've had more way more confidence in this path than the traditional path and so I didn't really talk a lot about this to my to close friends because even still because I wanted to hear you finally say it's not there yeah. before I wanted to talk about it. And then you made me understand how my gift now is to let other people know there is a better way. There is an alternative integrative path that can help you heal that will keep you alive and well through the process. And that is that is what I feel so empowered to do now is to be able to let that people understand you know, when, when people get cancer, some, some people have described it as an opportunity, a touch on the shoulder. Uh -huh. um, I, I think what it really is, is it's an opportunity to actually write a new chapter that others can learn from. Uh -huh. 
And hope is something we're pretty short on these days right. in the world, especially when you look at cancer. Uh -huh. A lot, a lot of short on hope. And that's why, you know, when I, because, you know, many patients I talk to, they go, why me? Uh -huh. Why was I chosen to heal? I ask that question. And it's because I think that God wants you to give hope to people mm -hmm. where most people don't think there's hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that is an incredible gift that that people are given, like mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. to, to give hope where people don't think there's hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It allows people to dream again. Mm -hmm. It allows if people, they want to. If they've got to choose this. You can't. I could have, if I had not already researched and found you before they were saying, this is what we have to do. You're going to have chemo, you're going to have radiation, you're going to have all these things. But I already had hope because I had already found this path. And I'm hoping if you're watching this and you're sitting where I sit or beyond where I sit, that you will allow your mind to embrace a path that can lead to, to total healing and wellness in them. And my whole body felt better, you know, as I've healed and taken in all these different um, therapies you've given me. I mean, I, I just, it's been amazing what it has done for my body. I've lost weight, I've, you know, I've, and then I, it's made me want to take better care of my body. When I first called and talked to Dr. LeBan and she said, I really can't give you advice because you're not my patient yet. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, we will put you on an organic diet mm -hmm. uh, or, or organic eating plan mm -hmm. and a whole foods eating plan. Well, I immediately switched mm -hmm. everything I was eating. Now, grant you the last roast beef lunch on Sunday we had at camp, I had some roast beef. <laughs> and rice and i thought this is the last time i'm going to get to have this for a long time so i grant you i did cheat a little bit along the way but i would i would go home during during the day at camp and because we live close by and fix up there would keep salad things for me organic things for me and i would just fix the salad at home and or bring it to camp and have an organic salad uh so i and he would make me organic things to eat. So um, I started organic before I came here, trying to help my body just be healthier. Yeah. So now, and, and you live a pretty active life. It's not like you just said, I mean, you run a business, I you, um, I mean, and, and you've got that upcoming. Mm -hmm. Do you think like, do you feel like you're ready to, to tackle that? Well, I do want to say that my assistant director, has worked so hard to to take on, a, excuse me, a lot of my responsibilities, even last summer. Mm -hmm. And um, the the few staff who knew about, I didn't even tell my, my accounting manager until two weeks before we were coming. And I said, we've got to get camp closed early. This is what's happening to me. The reason I didn't tell you is I didn't want you worried about me all summer. Mm -hmm. And can we get this done in two weeks? And she said, absolutely. So I actually gave her permission. I said, if you need to even work from home and Google, you know, Skype, because we have, we're connected to camp through our offices. So we can get to our offices anywhere. 
So uh, I said, if you think you will be distracted here, stay home and work. And so we got everything done I need to get done to get here so that I could, I knew when I, one of the things that Dr. Levan had said and that your information says is so important to embrace the healing process and to welcome it into your body and to rest through that. And I knew if I had lingering things to do at camp, I wouldn't be able to rest. So by the when I got here, I mean, camp closed one day, we were on the plane the next getting here. And so I had had a long, long summer and then, you know, here all day, every day. I didn't really rest till we got home in November, you know, after being here. So it has required, because of the schedule I had and then just the effort I wanted to put into this healing or trying to embrace it. Uh, and that's why I encourage, I've encouraged patients to do since I've gotten back is just really embrace, embrace what they're telling you to do and know it will work, but embrace it with a, as much hope as you can possibly have. Um, well, and that's why I, I, I thought it was so important for you to tell your story because now you're entering a new phase. Mm-hmm. Okay. No longer is it about, you know, fighting the cancer back, knocking the cancer out. Mm-hmm. We're really making a transition into a healing phase. Right. We're really pivoting into restoring optimal wellness, mm-hmm. supporting your immune system. Mm-hmm. And and so we're really getting you, you know, helping you to not just, you know, have a negative scan, but to live cancer free mm-hmm. for hopefully decades to come. Mm-hmm. You know, that is where you're transitioning now and you know it's to get you ready to go back to camp mm-hmm. it's to get you to go sure. back to take care of those kids uh-huh. which I, I i can always tell when you talk about that you just light up i do because I, I can it. tell you just love it i do yeah i can tell you love it uh, well and i i couldn't have done it without you guys I mean, you guys are the reason I am healthy today. The, the peptide therapy, uh, to me, is cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows about it. And that's, and that's a part of the healing phase. Yes, it is amazing yeah. to have this opportunity to have the peptide therapy now and uh, to experience knowing that, it, you know, the other thing I loved about all the therapies you offered me was you gave us B17 pushes every day. And I would call that liquid gold. I would always make sure you have my B17 here, right? It's my last push for the day when I was here during treatment. And um, and I feel that way about the peptide therapy, that it's, it's, um, it's like liquid gold in a way that you're putting into my body to... Yeah, when I first, well, it really, it really focuses on the healing. It really focuses on the function. Because uh-huh. I can remember when I first, uh, you know, the CEO and I are good friends. And when I first heard him talk about the peptides uh, two years ago now, I could immediately see how it could help patients pivot from that treatment to healing. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that medicine doesn't do really well in cancer, Mm -hmm. because we've talked about this as well, about, you know, others out there that have gone through cancer Mm -hmm. and they've had a different journey Mm -hmm. and a different story than you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been one that really, there's a stark contrast. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, what we want is when people are diagnosed with cancer and they go through treatment with cancer, they actually have the energy to live. Mm -hmm. They actually have the physical ability to dream mm -hmm. and do the things that they want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of times people don't when they go through the, the conventional route. And you, you are know, so right. You know I that. Mean, just from discussions I've had with family and friends who have had it, I mean, I did not even comprehend how low, I mean, the word suicide later would come out to say, that's how they felt. Like, why am I even living to have to live through this? And I just had no idea they felt that way. I can see now how if I had taken a different path and I had this path, how you could feel that hopeless because it does strip you temporarily of your ability to think you can get past it. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, family members that I know that have gotten past it and are cancer free, uh, they still suffer in France from all of the other traditional therapies that they had. It, it just, it, the only word I know to use to describe it is barbaric and you didn't, I'm asking you permission to use that word because to me it feels that way. Well, and I mean, you know, you know I often talk about this, you know, full dose chemotherapy is born out of war uh -huh. and, and war is barbaric. Mm -hmm. Whether you're going to war on the battlefield with another country, another town, uh -huh. another state or the body, right. it's still barbaric. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's great that they are cancer free, but it's, it's, you know, it's sad to hear that people suffer, uh -huh. they have lingering suffering from that because it's not necessary. Right. It's not necessary. And I think, you know, you talked about at the time, some of them are feel hopeless, uh -huh. so hopeless that that word suicide pops up. And please and, don't think I am encouraging that word at all. Right. I, I'm saying do just don't. I think everybody recognizes uh -huh. when you're in the depths of hopelessness uh -huh. that that's where some people can just think that is this worth it right is me living worth it mm -hmm. but that's why people that are able to heal and can see the hope not the hopelessness hopelessness mm -hmm. they can see the hope and see how that sustained itself mm -hmm. see how they retained their humanity mm -hmm. and how they actually were healing and can then live mm -hmm. not just through the treatment but live after but with hope and without you know residual problems mm -hmm. um that is why i think sometimes people are chosen like you chosen to give <clears throat> women hope because breast cancer you know it's estimated that one in two women are going to get breast cancer in a lifetime mm -hmm. That's and you have the opportunity to be a beacon of light and give hope to women that don't think there is hope. And I think that is, it's a gift. It really is a gift for you. And it, it means you were called. Mm -hmm. And it is my honor to have gotten to know you and your husband 
And, you know, I do like Clemson, so I, <laughs> I do. They are orange, right? This is a you know, every time <laughs> she would be playing, we would talk about, oh, Dr. Goodyear's happy today because they won, or we would fool for you when you guys would didn't be, involve yeah, Clemson. Yeah, so. you guys would beat us, I'm sure, another day. But, um, you know, it's been a true honor to walk alongside you mm -hmm. and, and to watch you embrace your own healing. And, uh, and you know, Sometimes people go, well, isn't it great to to be a part of their healing and touch their lives? And what I say is, you know what? What people don't realize is like I was talking about with those those ladies at the office before I came over here. Mm -hmm. They touch you touch our lives. Mm -hmm. You touch our lives in ways you have no idea. And you make what we do absolutely an honor to take care of you and you can touch other people's lives, which is which is exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So so thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your story and to be hope in in a in an arena, in a in a field of a name of such as cancer where there is no hope. So so thank you for doing that. I'll, and I thank you for your expertise and your your when I hear you speak and I watch your podcasts and I watch all the different things that are out there about you and I speak to you daily, you are always learning. It's like every time I speak to you, I hear something new that you have learned or that you are, you, you guys are always learning. And so you put it, you're putting it right back into us and, and, and that's that's the gift is that you, you are the gift uh, and it just it's just an amazing i call it pathway to wellness pathway to healing is what i called it uh, i just never when i came to you in august and I knew I'd committed to seven weeks. And you said, Susan, how about staying four more? And we said, absolutely, if that's what we need. And by the end of that fourth week, my last scan was without no evidence of disease. And my blood work was great. Even then, it was like, I can't even begin to tell you how it felt to drive away from here. And we drove to Texas to see friends. We drove to Louisiana to see family, to Louisiana to see family on the way out back to to, to Alabama. And and I was having dinner with my brother and his wife, and my brother just said, you look great. And he didn't compliment. Yeah, he, <laughs> my brother. Yeah. You know, and he said, you just look so great. And I said, I feel great. You know, it's just been an amazing path and his wife said I'm so thankful you chose this path because now I'm just glad to know there's another path out there you know for women in this situation yeah. so um, well, again thank you for your time mm -hmm. thank you for just being you and and the just the smile and just hearing that southern draw, oh, just hearing that southern I draw. So sad, <laughs> oh no, it's good. It's good. That southern draw is great. So, um, but, but my advice to anyone who is thinking, and if you want to edit this out, you can. But, uh, and if if you are looking for a different path other than the, you know the 
normal pathway to breast cancer. The other thought that crossed my mind was this, I can always go back home and have surgery if if this doesn't work. But in my head, I knew it would work. Yeah, one or two. Uh, right. And so that's when, right. And so that's when I realized that I had to, to give this my best shot at my own wellness. And I would encourage you to do the same. It's, it's an amazing facility. And, and I, I would, I think I would have regretted it the rest of my life had I not chosen this pathway first. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be here. So thank you guys for, for what you do. Well, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being who you are. And that's not much else I can say beyond that. So Dr. Goodyear, we're going to close this up with the Practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear podcast. Again, you can you know check out stories like this, journeys like this, that I think are going to just really, they're going to pierce through that veil of science and medicine and nerdiness and really provide the humanity behind why we do what we do, because it's about seeing lives restored. It's about seeing lives and dreams sustained and actually created. And, and it's an honor to be just a small part of this. And so I hope you've learned from this. I hope it gives you hope. If you're an individual that has that word cancer hanging over you, don't lose hope. Don't let fear dominate you. It'll come on you. Don't let it dominate you. Choose hope. And this story here of Miss Susan, it I think will allow you to choose hope. And so it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Check us out on Instagram, Dr. Goodyear. Check us out on the website, uh, www.drgoodyear.com. And we look forward to sharing more stories with you and some nerdiness and geekness in the future. So look forward for new podcasts coming soon. For more information, just like what we discussed today, I encourage you to follow us on YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio streaming platforms. And in there, we'll talk about all things related to healing, wellness, cancer, and much, much beyond because it doesn't just apply to cancer. Our goal here is to turn to healing, restore health, and promote your wellness. Whether that greatest obstacle to wellness being cancer or any other named disease, our goal is your wellness. I'm Dr. Nathan Goodyear, and enjoy our future podcast at Practicing with Dr. Goodyear.